Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes, the premier podcast on hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. As a worldwide educator and developer of best-in-class hand therapy content, Susan Weiss, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, brings you an array of hand therapy specialists, hand care solutions, and more. Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes. We've had an increase in requests from listeners for us to have some heroes who are entrepreneurs, business owners, and therapists that provide coaching and mentorship programs. So I'm excited to have a chat today with Wong Tron, who is an entrepreneur, an occupational therapist, and certified hand therapist, as well as an owner not of one successful business but two, they are called Hands-On Therapy Services and Hand Therapy Secrets. Hands-On Therapy Services is a private hybrid clinic located in Miami, Florida, where her team helps people to avoid surgery as well as help those after surgery. She continues to grow in her clinic in order to keep helping those in her community stay active and pain-free. Wong's been an educator for many, many years, teaching orthotics classes, mentoring OTs, and teaching in an OT master's program. She developed the program for Hand Therapy Secrets because she continues to hear that OTs struggle to get their foot in the door in hand therapy, and she continues to work in hand therapy to help support them. She decided to start Hand Therapy Secrets as a labor of love to help OTs get the training they want, get the job they desire, and become the certified hand therapist that they dreamt of. So let's get this party started by hearing how you got into hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. Well, how far back do you want me to go? Uh, I started in hand therapy really straight out of school. It was something that I always knew that I wanted to do. Because when I was at University of Florida, I started volunteering at a hand therapy clinic. And actually, I think Ruth Dell back then was one of the CHCs there. And I think her husband was Dr. Dell. And um, so I met her and I volunteered there. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I think I would love to do something like this. They look like they have so much fun all day and everything looks um, not only medical, which I love, but the creative side, like they used to make splints and all that good stuff. And so that really was what dove me into hand therapy. And when I was in there, my, my research was on um, grip strength and submaximal effort, which has served me well in the workers comp community. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I did one of my specialty internships uh, at Shands and I got to do burns and hands and I learned a ton of stuff. So I I was just like everyone else coming out of school, like, I want to do hands. How do I get a job in hands? (laughs) And it took me, it took me a little while, but I made it. I made it. That's really awesome. So your first job was in hands. You knew you were going to do hands in school. And can you tell us a little bit about that first job? No, my first job was actually, I did per diem coming out. I worked oh, in okay. skilled nursing. I 
I worked in a skilled nursing facility, several skilled nursing facilities, and I worked in acute care. Uh-huh. But one of the acute care uh, positions that I had was a smaller hospital in acute care. So they taught me a lot of wound care. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got a lot of my wound care experience on top of having wound care experience in the burn unit. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I got a job in acute care. And I'm, I'm a big fan of like, listen, if you, it's really, really hard to just jump straight out of school and get a job in hand therapy. Mm-hmm. And I usually recommend when people ask me what they should do, I always say like move towards working with adults. Cause when you work with adults, most adults have two hands and two arms and somebody somewhere has pain. Mm-hmm. and you have an opportunity to really help them, whether they're in a skilled nursing facility where it's in acute care. I got a ton of hand injuries in acute care, mm-hmm. strokes and people who had open heart surgery and they had their radio nerve um, uh, artery harvested from their arm and they would have hand problems and their thumb was numb or their thumb wouldn't move, you know? So you really could help a lot of people. It doesn't always have to be like a rotator cuff tendon or it doesn't have to be, you know, flexor tendons, that kind of stuff. But you really can help a lot of people with hand and arm injuries or hand and arm problems um, to be able to get better so they can do you know, everything that they want to be able to do. And I feel like that they're missing out on something. So that's where I got started in quote unquote hand therapy. And I was in acute care for a good four years. So it took me about five years before I landed a job in outpatient. And I stayed at, I got a job at a big hospital and I was willing to pretty much do anything. Like you want me in acute care, that's where I'm going to be in acute care. If you want me to go into rehab, I'll go into rehab. And, but I would always tell them what I was interested in. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, raise your hands and tell people what you want, because they're not going to know. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell them, and you don't remind them what you want, they will not remember. So every chance I got to be like, oh, what? Uh, uh, someone with a broken arm? What? Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> uh, splint? Wait, I can try. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to really raise your hands You've got to really say that you want it. And I told enough people enough times that when the certified hand therapist at the hospital left, she calls me up and was like, I'm leaving, apply for the job. <laughs> and I was like, you, you didn't have to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah, you did that before you left that day. I was like, who do I need to call? I mean, let, I didn't wait. I called somebody right then and there. So I heard that this job is now available. <laughs> how can I apply? When do I need to go for an interview? That's kind of how you have to be. You have to be really persistent. Just because someone said to said no to you one time doesn't mean they're going to say no to you forever. If they know you're still interested. Look at my therapist who worked for me. Most of the people I've hired have have um, applied at my clinic multiple times. Really? My latest hire laughs at me every single time. He's like, you made me go through four interviews. <laughs> like, I was like, well, how, how grateful are you? <laughs> no, but he's, uh, he's great. But we joke about it all the time because he makes fun of how, how many interviews he's had, how hard it is. It's not easy. <laughs> and, and interesting, before we go back to your story, when, when you mentioned that, it made me think about what a lot of therapists say when they call. Their, they say, well, no one will interview me unless I'm a CHT. That's not so, true. 
And that's what I was just trying to what figure you, out because you sounds they, like you hired yeah. somebody who's no. not a CHT. I hire a lot of people who are not CHTs. It's, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. So um, I have in my hand therapy mentorship, talk about that quite a bit in, uh, well, I put out a free 30 day hand therapy training. Like I've had so many people um, opt in for that to get that free training. And in the last several emails on the last several videos, it's, it's all about my advice on like how you should show up. What do you say at an interview? What should be on your resume at an, you know, when you send it in, I have seen some not great resumes. Like, and I'm being clean because you told me, Susan, you've got an <laughs> upstanding podcast and <laughs> I've got a little bit of a potty mouth, but I'm going to keep it clean. You're the best. For you. <laughs> but they are not good. Mm-hmm. If you are coming out of school and you don't have any experience, your resume should be one page. Mm-hmm. I should get everything. Resumes are scanned. They're not read. They're scanned. So you know, you have to include certain key information in very specific order. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like when you call places, they are not looking. Very few places are looking for CHT. Some some of them will say CHT only. But I mean, I I say that sometimes and everyone and their mother applies. So you just have to keep trying and don't take no for an answer. Just because you interviewed once or they didn't look at your resume once, that doesn't mean that they don't want you. It's just that out of all the gazillion resumes they got, yours didn't stand out. So let's take a look back at that resume. Let's take a look at how you're showing up. Let's take a look at what you're saying. How could you say it better? There's so many different strategies versus saying nobody wants me. Somebody wants you, honey. We just got to (laughs) figure out what it is. (laughs) Those are great tips. And I am Glad you shared those. So that leads me back to your story. I did that in my interview because they were looking for a CHT. I said, well, I'm studying. I am ready and I will study. And the next time that test comes around, I will pass. (laughs) I looked them dead in the face and I said that. And then when I left there, I said, holy S-ish. And (laughs) how am I going to pull this off? (laughs) Because you got the job, right? I got the job. That's right. And then I needed to like fulfill on my promise. So I studied my butt off and it was very, it was stressful. Like I remember just going through a ton of stress. I I mean, obviously I was young and immature then. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, like certain things come with time and age, right? Maturity and stuff like that. But I was very stressed out back then. Some people deal well with stress and some people don't, but I do well with stress <laughs> to a certain extent. But I used to have the COO walk through because they wanted a CHT because they wanted the CHT to talk to the hand surgeons of that hospital. Sure. And before, when I got that job, I need to go around to all the hand surgeons and say, I'm my name is Wong Tron, and I am the occupational therapist that's going to be sitting for the CHC in November. And um, let's talk about the kind of cases you would be sending me now. <laughs> like now, let's not wait. <laughs> you know, what cases, what, you know, and then we would talk about a patient or whatever. So you, you have to show up a certain way. 
And I was very fortunate that there was a lot of people who were receptive to me and some people who weren't, but like, whatever, the people who weren't, you know, didn't know what they were missing out on. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, then I, then I passed, but yeah, the, the, the CEO used to come by, she would pass by. She's like, how's your studying going? Oh my I'm like, yes, it's going well. Thank you. And after I took it, she, she came by. So when, when do we find out whether you pass? And I was like, well, I think it takes two months. It was a month. I think it takes two months because if I failed, I needed time to recover. <laughs> I needed some time to, to get myself emotionally together. But um, yeah, I passed on the first time and um, cool. I always tell people, you don't need an A. <laughs> you need a C. <laughs> you don't even get your score if you pass, so. You don't, you don't. But I think it's like 75% pass that's a c dude it's been a while since i've been in school but i think your 70s is a c but i always tell people because they're striving for like more i'm like you don't need more you need pass or fail it doesn't matter after that don't worry about after after so you passed and i passed and then you were at this great hospital doing your thing doing the cht thing and I'm guessing at some point you decided to open your own clinic. So can you tell us a little bit? Oh, about yes, that? I did. I was thinking about opening my own clinic. I'm, you know, my parents are business owners or immigrants and they went into business for themselves. And so I got to see that. And I was always on the fence, like, do I do it? Do I not do it? And I always saw their example. But at the same time, I saw their example, if you know what I mean. Like you I see do. the good, the bad and the ugly. And you're like, I don't know. I just want the good part. <laughs> I just want the, I don't want the bad. I don't want the ugly. I just want the good part. So I thought about it and thought about it. And pretty much when I thought it was time to go out on my own, like I was seriously looking at places. I was like, how much money do I need? I got pregnant. And I'll always remember a good friend, CHC, the one that called me to tell me about the, her job <laughs> that I took. Uh, I called her up because she had left that hospital to go on to to her own business. Mm -hmm. And I called her and I asked for advice. And uh, she's like, you know what? Having your own business is really, really hard. It is not easy. I don't know who tells people it's easy. That stuff is not easy. And she goes, and my kids are bigger. And she goes, you have a, yeah, I had a two-year-old, you know, like not even, he was a year and a half. And then, I, you know, while my husband and I were discussing, I got knocked up. I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to have a baby. I can still do it. I can still do it. But then I decided after we spoke about it at some length, it wasn't the right time for us, you know? So I put it off and waited until my kids were older and just different opportunities sort of came my way. I left and started to go, went into someone else's private practice, Okay. working with the hand surgeon. And it was such a great, you know, it's a great experience. I love working with surgeons. There's a lot of different ways to work with surgeons. You don't have to always work for them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't work for the surgeon. I worked next to him. Um, and it was owned by other people. And I did not like how it was run. But outside of how it's run, like I took it because I was like, oh, if, if I really like being in private practice, like I can just work for them. I don't have to have my own. It didn't work out. And I saw the writing on the wall and I left in the nick of time. I think a year and a half later, they closed. But right before I left, they cut my salary double digits. 
Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, you know, um, so I left and I literally, you know, I gave them like, I don't know, two, three weeks notice thing, like three weeks notice. And from Friday to Monday, I started, went to work for myself. Amazing. So that was in a private clinic. And how long ago is that now? The private clinic? I have been in practice for myself for six and a half years. And has it been a slow ride up or was it like immediately you got referrals or how does that all work? No, it's a slow ride. I don't for, I don't know who it's fast for. Um, but for, someone who's niched down in hand therapy and I do shoulders and neck and everything. It was really hard. It's very competitive where Mm -hmm. I am. So it was not a fast thing. And I also started and I don't, I, you, you come out of school and you don't know anything. (laughs) You're like, crap, I'm an OT and I'm not really sure how to be an OT. And then you learn how to be an OT and then you specialize and you're like, you're, you're really good. Right. But it doesn't, prepare you for to be a business owner but somehow you look at other people and you're like well they could do it I could do it or they just say oh just go market to some people get some get on some insurance lists and whatever whatever uh, rent the space it's not that easy I mean if you want to simplify it yes but do you want longevity and do you want a certain amount of growth or stability and, and certain things uh, if you want those things, you have to have a certain amount of growth and you have to have a certain amount of money and you have to do certain things to have that stability that you want. So I started out um, in a 300 square foot space and I grew to over a thousand square foot now with two therapists that um, work for me full time and an admin. And since then, last year, I opened up um, Hand Therapy Secrets. So that's my second company. And that company helps occupational therapists who want to specialize in hand therapy, develop their skills and and, uh, grow their confidence. So they're two separate business entities. They're two separate business entities. That is correct. One, One serves patients, clients with pain, and the other one serves therapists that in their own right will go out to the world and service more patients and with pain. Mm -hmm. Right. So the whole point is like, I can't do it by myself. I need, you know, I need a team of people here to help me and I want more and more people that the, the language or the story really hasn't changed much since we both came out of school. I've been out of school for 20 years and my story is still the same story that I hear today. I can't get a job. I don't have any skills. Nobody will spend time with me. No one will teach me stuff. And you know, we can't expect people to mentor for free. It's a lot of time. It is a t- ton of time. The amount of time it takes me to review things, to gather the information, to explain it in a certain way that people understand, it's time consuming. And I think that to a certain extent, a lot of these groups and stuff like that, they're great. There's tons of information out there in the world. You can Google anything. You can YouTube stuff all over the place. I mean, please, I myself have a YouTube channel. But if you don't understand exactly what you're doing, you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, what you're doing, and how you're doing it, then you're always going to have questions constantly. 
So the mentorships that people look for that want, like not everyone gets to work in like a big practice where the the head therapist so wants to train, right? Not everybody gets that. Not everybody who knows stuff wants to teach. Not everyone who knows stuff wants to take time out of their day to mentor you, right? Not everybody does. And what if you don't click with that person, right? So then you feel defeated. I hear that all the time. Oh, the the CHT that works with me doesn't want to mentor you. Well, she might be tired as hell from her caseload. (laughs) She might not be thinking about you because she's thinking about herself. She's thinking about her family, her kids. Like she might be tired from other things. But yeah, you want stuff from her She might, that she may not be able to give. And it's not to be hurtful to you, but guess what? You feel hurt because nobody is there to help you, right? And classes are great. I take tons of classes every year. You go for the weekend, they cram your head full of stuff. It's wonderful to a certain extent, but what happens when you need to really apply it? What happens when you have questions and that kind of stuff? What happens when you're really stuck and you need help thinking through a problem? What happens if you uh, think you got it right, but you're not sure? And it would be nice if someone could help confirm it, mm-hmm. right? All right. those things are really, really great things. And that's my whole purpose of developing the hand therapy mentorship program. It's my month to month program. I've got a video library built out. So it's not just one class. It's like hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, cervical. Like it goes from the beginning to surgery cases, non-surgery cases. How do you think through cases? Like I go through case reviews with my own therapist. So if the protocol is this, this is the injury. This is the data surgery. This is a protocol that we should be following. Where is this patient at today? How do we continue to progress? And what should we be saying to him so he expects progression at a certain rate. I'm so glad that you've created Hand Therapy Secrets for for, uh, so many people to to benefit them. Um, When people are, um, let's go back a little bit about the business aspect, because I I do get a lot of calls and people saying, uh, you know, how how do I start a business? What, What are the pros and cons? So when, since you have two of them, clearly you've yeah. had some experience with that. Um, what would you say one of your biggest mistakes in creating businesses has been? So like a watch out for thing. Well, Susan, I'm kind of limited in time today because <laughs> I've made lots of mistakes. Aww. <laughs> um, I've had many years to make these mistakes. <laughs> Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I made in business was thinking that being a certified hand therapist was enough, that having skills was enough, okay. and that, that I would have some flexibility, that I would have more flexibility. You know what I have flexibility to do? To work more. To work more, <laughs> right. Um, that idea that it's easy or that you get so much flexibility um, only comes at a certain extent, but thinking that I used to have so many people tell me, oh yeah, you're a CHC. Everyone will send you patients. No, they won't. No, they will not. Those people who said they would send to you, don't send to you. You can cross 75% of that off and you'll get 25%. Really? You need business skills. Business Hands skills. down, 100%. 
One of the best books that I read two years in. I wish I read it before I started. I would have started anyway because it's kind of my personality. It was like really what I wanted to do. It was called The E-Myth. I read that two years into it. And I was like, oh my God, this is me. And this is me. Abdication. Uh, what was I thinking? What was I expecting? Great book. When people ask me, I always say that book. It's not easy, but man, it is so worth it. And I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you mentioned uh, that you had to facilitate your skills by going above and beyond what you, you know, what we learn in school and and oh, yeah. our business training obviously is is extremely minimal in school. So that that is a, a wonderful book. And did you take business classes somewhere? Or was yours all yes. here? Okay. Yes. Um, I have sought out tons of different courses. Uh, so we come in with the skills. So there's four legs to a business. You know, operations is essentially skills, right? But then you have marketing, sales, and finance. And just like a chair that you sit in with four legs, uh, you have to have four legs to be stable. You knock off two legs and you're not stable. Mm -hmm. You can have three legs and you do all right. But you have to have all four legs, you know, skills, marketing, sales, and finance. This conversation has reminded me a lot of conversations I have with therapists that are very interested in going into business and they're just not sure if they should, is their business idea going to be a viable choice? So do you offer on um, business coaching as well? It's just, is that another thing that you offer? Are you sticking with mentorship with the hands? I, as I don't, yeah, I don't do it specifically for business, but I can tell you that I do have people in my mentorship program that are there because they want my help with business. Yes concepts so that, ideas it, it comes you know. along with the, the uh, yeah because the, uh, there's a certain amount of yeah I want certain skills I want to build up like I have um people who are credentialed and you know lots of years of experience but they're in there because they want to strengthen certain areas that they're not strong in let's say for example shoulders if you're going to go into business for yourself like let's not just say oh I only do hands right Psh. Like you're not going to go anywhere fast. Um, so you have to start thinking uh, and doing a lot more and considering taking on people um, with different body parts and stuff like that. And one of the areas is shoulders and neck. And you definitely want to develop your skills stronger so that you can sound more confident, but you can basically, you can tell them, you can help them, but then you have to be able to deliver the results. Otherwise people won't come back to you and then they won't refer more people. So, you know, part of the going out on your business is that you do have to, you can say all these great things when it comes to marketing and say stuff, but you have to deliver. Like I, I have my uh, hand exam mentorship program and one of the biggest things that I said there was like, you're going to, you're coming into, you're paying for this type of mentorship program. It's a 12 week program because it's all about accountability. We're going to get on accountability calls. And this is, we have a very set program. That's what you're paying for. And every single one of them was like, you know, the best part of this program has been the accountability part. That was what I needed. That was what I was missing. And that was what I wanted. So, you know, no matter what your business is, you say what you're going to, you know, 
um, what your service is. But then at the end of the day, you have to be able to provide it because if you're not providing it, they're not going to come back to you. They're not going to tell other people how great you were. So I do that from a business side and my clinic side. I take it very seriously. I mean, we have great ratings um, everywhere. People come back this week alone. I had two patients that saw me two years ago come back for different body parts. You don't get people coming back to you, referring more people to you, stuff like that, if you don't provide results, right? So there are people coming in because they want to learn. They're new grads. They're like, I just want to get a job. So they get to be observers in there. They get to watch everything. They get to be there listening and learning. It's huge to be in a room full of people that you are aspiring to become, right? And then the people who are, then there's the middle people, they've had some years, they just honing their skills. And there's a couple of people in there that they're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I've got skills, but I need more skills. And then I want some business. They, they have business questions. I'm like, let's bring it on. Let's ask those questions. I'll create videos around it for you. I'm gonna ask you specific things. I'm gonna tell you what to think about and I'll share my experience. Because we're going to meet weekly. Every week we meet Tuesday, uh, not Tuesday, we meet Thursdays at 7 p.m. I appreciate everything that you've shared with us. We will have the details in uh, the notes and anyone who wants uh, to get all the extra bonuses can email info at handtherapy.com and we'll send you a sheet with everything we reviewed in this in this beautiful interview. And I am so thankful for your time and the services that you've done with the, with your community and for therapists as a whole um, nationally and internationally. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susan. It's um, my pleasure to be here with you. I'm so thankful that you invited me. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you everyone for being Hand Therapy Heroes listeners. Anyone who wants to connect with Wong, please email info at handtherapy.com and we will send you all her social media, her email, her contacts, and more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please keep your emails and positive feedback coming. We really appreciate it. And share this podcast with your peers and let us know what else you want to hear about. Stay safe. And we look forward to the next episode of Hand Therapy Heroes. Thank you for listening to Hand Therapy Heroes. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Visit handtherapy.com and register for our newsletter containing free content and courses about our fascinating hands. Hold hands today for a more functional tomorrow.